ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णुर्गुरुदेव महेश्वर गुरु साक्षात पर ब्रह्मा तस्म श्री गुरवे नम I bow to the infinite. I bow to him in you. Today I would like to talk about the subject of truth. You know, this is something I noticed. I first came to India back in 1958. That was a long time ago. And uh, then I had to leave in 1962 for many years and live in my country and in Italy and other countries. But uh, I noticed then even more than now that there were many people who took the influence of Mahatma Gandhi who was a very rigidly truthful man but took it in a wrong way in the sense of speaking unpleasant truths there is a system in america called est which also taught you to be truthful but always truthful in terms of making other people face themselves instead of themselves there is this one man i knew he was a very fine man actually but he's been a student of est and he had a daughter she was 17 years old and uh, of mixed mixed parentage her father had been american black soldier her mother had been a korean which meant she was essentially an outcast in her own country and he very kindly took her and a few others in because he couldn't have children of his own and his wife and so he took them in well this girl had been through a great deal of hardship in her life and at the age of 17 she hadn't overcome these things she was a beautiful girl and a fine person but she did had many things she still had to work with one day she was going to school and on her bicycle and she fell off the bike the bike fell and she was lying there huddled on the pavement and uh it was a moment when the poor girl she'd been through so much this there's a time when you you want to be sympathetic to people but this man thinking she must be truthful with herself trying to make her face herself she he leaned down uh, over her and he, he said now what is it in you that made you want to fall and tried to get her to confront herself well, there's a time for that and this was not that time she just wept all the more poor girl well we've got to understand that truth basically is a beneficial truth this is what gandhi ji was he was always gracious and uh, those who were true disciples of his are that way but too many took his lessons in a wrong way trying to get others to confront them so as the same man he there was something he felt that i needed to learn and uh, <coughs> i'm always happy to learn well he one time told a friend of mine that he wanted to tell me these things whenever we got a chance to meet and So when we did get a chance to meet he sat me down and started confronting me with these things that I needed to overcome and uh, I saw instantly that he was right and I agreed with him and I thanked him that wasn't what he wanted he wanted me to he wanted to be triumphant over me he didn't want me to agree he wanted to beat me into the ground with his truth about me that's not the way to do it after an hour of his continuing to pester me with these things I said look I agreed with you I know you're right. I thank you. What more can I do? But it's funny how people are. They in the very name of truth, they try to get away from the basic truth they have to get face in themselves, which is the truth of themselves. What he was trying to get me to do is a very simple thing actually that I had always been trying to 
take care of our community. And uh, sort of like the father, I was the one who felt that I had to earn the money for it and so on. And he was saying they've got to let them grow up and let them take charge and not feel that you have to earn everything and solve all the problems that are more serious yourself. You've got to give them a chance. Well, he was right. And in fact, he helped me that way very much. I was grateful to him. But why couldn't he turn his critical faculty more inward upon himself? Anytime you try to be truthful for other people, that's a sign of ego. So anyway, this is saying number 286 in this book. But it fell a disciple of mine. It caused someone considerable inconvenience by revealing, in answer to a question, something that hadn't needed to be said. He was scolded for doing so and tried to justify himself by saying, I only wanted to be honest. That's why I told the truth. The matter was later reported to the master who commented indignantly. Supposing someone came to me with the Holy Bible, the Bhagavad Gita, and every great scripture in the world, and said to me, if I tell you something, will you swear on these sacred books never to repeat it to anyone what I've said? And supposing I replied in good faith, yes, yes, I promise. And then supposing further, he told me, I've just put a rattlesnake in so-and-so's bed. What would I do? It would have been wrong on my part to promise, but should I then compound that mistake by saying, Oh dear, I promise, now I must say nothing? Which is worse, to break a promise or to let someone be killed when I'm in a position to save him? Of course I would speak out. Imagine that boy causing serious trouble, then trying to justify himself by saying he only wanted to tell the truth. Truth is always beneficial. Boone, wasn't, that was the name of the boy, wasn't telling the truth, for what he did resulted in harm. What he stated was a fact only, not a truth. He need not have answered at all. It would have been far better for him to say nothing. If he needed to speak, however, it would have been better, at least to equivocate, than to let someone be hurt as a consequence. Now this doesn't mean that you've always got to speak kindly truths. Sometimes the beneficial truth is, like, I mean, a doctor, if he's got to lance a boil, he hurts you. But he does it to get poison out of your system. If he fulfills a, uh, I mean, if he, if he does the job of surgery, I remember I had a hip replaced. And I wanted them to give me a local anesthesia, but that made me conscious during the whole thing. It was a little disconcerting to hear him. It sounded like somebody using a chainsaw cutting trees down in the forest while he was sawing away at the bone in my hip. It was uh, rather amusing. But uh, the thing is that you have to accept that a doctor has to hurt you sometimes. That didn't hurt particularly, but uh, the sequel hurt, unfortunately. Luckily, I was conscious, and for some reason, they'd hit a gutter, you might say. And I, was, I lost 50% of my blood, and they... Uh, fortunately, I was awake, and I said, you know, I'm suddenly not feeling very well. And the anesthesiologist looked at the, the gauge and said, oh, my God. He hadn't been looking at it closely enough, which was his fault, of course. But uh, they had to put me in the intensive care unit for a day or two. But it was just one of those things you go through. Luckily, I was conscious. But toward the end, because it was the local anesthesia, I said to the... the uh, 
And it's this, I said, you know, it's, I'm starting to feel it a bit. And he didn't take me seriously. But the trouble is that if I had, if he had, he couldn't give me a local again, he'd have had to give it through uh, general anesthesia, which I didn't want. So I didn't say anything heavily. Well, anyway, when we reached the recuperating room, recovery room, then he put a, a stroke across my toe to see if I was able to feel it. And I said, I feel it. And a moment later, somebody saw him sort of stretched over a bed, just, oh my God, what have I done? I think maybe he had a few lessons to learn as an anesthetist. But anyway, the, the uh, point is that truth doesn't have to be painless. My guru sometimes could be very strong with people. He didn't want to hurt their feelings, though. There was one time he was, it's in this book too, an account where he was um, invited to a place where they served what they called unfired foods. It was all raw food. Well, something about food fattists is, I've noticed this repeatedly, that they tend to feel virtuous if they give you totally unpalatable food. And they wanted him afterwards to say what he thought of their food. He said, please don't ask me. And they kept insisting. And so finally he said, well, if you insist, I'll tell you, I can't. I have to speak the truth. He said, the truth is I've never eaten worse food in my life. But he said, it's not only not tasteful, it's unscientific. It's not properly balanced. And uh, they said, oh, you don't know what you're talking about. He said, listen, if you don't change what you're doing, Within 15 days, someone will die here because of the diet that you're giving them. And in fact, that happened. 15 days later, somebody died, and the place had to be shut down. But yes, he did speak the truth when he had to. The thing is, he didn't want to speak an unpleasant truth, but he always spoke the beneficial truth. That was the point. As a guru, he had to tell us things that we didn't like to hear. But he didn't ever flinch from that. When you speak the truth, however, be more concerned about where do you fit in the picture. Other people are not your concern. If you're the guru, then you're the doctor. The doctor has to make other people his concern in their physical health, well-being, their physical health. And the spiritual guru, his duty is to help you to find out what you are doing wrong so that you can grow. On the other hand, my guru would never tell anybody unless he, they asked him to tell him. He would never correct them if they didn't want to hear it. But if they did, he didn't hesitate. That was his job. But it was the beneficial truth because it was the truth you needed to hear. And if you didn't want to hear it, or if having said that you wanted, still you resisted it, then he would stop speaking. He saw everything. He didn't, he didn't have to say anything. He didn't say anything usually, but he saw people where they were. I remember one time somebody said something that was such a, an obvious sort of, well, the, the man it was sort of, it was a new fellow. He was the father of one of the nuns in the ashram there. Colonel Baker, his name was. And he sort of tried to get into meditation, but he really didn't know about meditation. And, and it was just a totally foreign field to him. And he was sitting there on, the, on a bench in the garden when my guru came by, and so he this Colonel Breaker was closing his eyes and looking very serious about his meditation. And when my guru, who knew that he wasn't meditating, addressed him, he jumped as if he'd been called out of deep meditation. And 
I remember my guru just sort of quietly chuckling. He knew that he was, he knew what the man was putting on. It was just, I mean, people are people. They're children and they have lots of things to learn. And he took them as they are. He didn't, he didn't say anything as a rule. But if they wanted his help, and if they were willing to take it, the people he scolded the most were the people who were the closest to him, if they needed it. But he never scolded if they didn't need it. He was there only to help us. Now, to be positive in your expressions means, however, to face yourself. Now, one of the most important things in facing yourself as you are is, first of all, to persuade yourself, to make yourself really understand that who you are is the infinite one, and your mistakes are not you. Whatever you do wrong, it isn't you who do wrong. You are the infinite. So be grateful when people correct you. Be grateful when people point out flaws. And if they aren't your flaws, be grateful anyway for the opportunity to hear this thing and not be bothered by it. <coughs> when you are on the spiritual path, and if you do good, it's one of the ironies of life. The more you try to help other people, the more you try to do good in this world, the more people will be jumping on you to try to pull you down and try to tell you how wrong you are. It's just a part of the game. Look at what happened to Jesus. Look at what happens to all the great masters. They get gossiped about. They get talked against. People try to hurt them. It's just a part of it. It doesn't happen to everybody, but it is a very general thing. As Jesus Christ said, if you give up, if you leave father, mother, brother, wife, husband, sister, everybody, for my sake, you will have a hundredfold and persecution. And my guru said, you'll not get away from persecution. That's just part of what it's all about. God wants to be sure that you really want him and only him. But in the end, when you realize that you are here, you see that nothing that people can say about you means anything. Mind you, they're usually wrong anyway, let's face it. How many people are, uh, are right about things? Let it be. When they praise you, don't take it seriously. Say, he's the doer. When they blame you, say, well, he did it through me. You will see, and this is what I found when I was in this courtroom, and they were doing their best to destroy me, really destroy me. In fact, the lawyer opposed to me said, I will destroy him, and he said it with great anger. And I just thought, Divine Mother, this is your show. You can take away everything, but nobody can take away my love for you. Be truthful with yourself, but that truthfulness means, above all, knowing what you're looking for in life, knowing what you want. That truth can never die. That truth is who you are. You are a part of the infinite, and all the other things are just, just shadow play. They have no meaning in your life. You are He. Joy to you. Some men call it progress. Down with those who doubt. <laughs>
Join the causes, others join and shout when others shout. Come, you're a man, no passive stone. Stand up and call your soul your own. Go on alone, go on alone. Vanish weakness, go on alone. Go on alone, go on alone. Don't look back, just go on alone. Just go. 